The delay in Jesus' return raises some interesting questions. Is it a sign of God's laziness or his lack of care for the people? Today on the Midweek Move, we're going to look at how Peter answers those very questions. Hello, welcome to Midweek Mood, podcast where we examine the scriptures line by line, verse by verse, and ask ourselves, what is happening here? And today, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to be uh, beginning the the final uh, couple of discussions on Second Peter, and this has been a, a fascinating journey. Uh, we chose these books, First and Second Peter, um, because I feel like people just don't talk about these books very often for some reason. Well, when you have depravity and doom and uh, <laughs> all the things, destructive, doom, deceptions, depravity, um, sometimes I think current culture and even leaders, um, um, not that they shy away from it, but maybe, you know, it's... Um, it's not in the fourth front of encouragement. Yeah, but at the same time, if you really dig into it and you really do it, like we've been doing line by line, right. verse by verse then you see not only God's genuine care, but Peter's genuine care for the people. Right. And some things that he has heard, some things that he's seen, Mm -hmm. um, some things that he's seen in other people that Mm -hmm. might be happening within this group of people. So I think it's a great... uh, It's not just... It hasn't just been warning, warning, warning. Right, right. But it's been everyday stuff, and it's not like he's just, you know, hammering them, Mm -hmm. but his genuine care and love for them. Right. I know that there were times that my daughters were probably like, man, is he ever going to let up? He's just hammering me, man. It's like, but that wasn't it at all. It was my genuine care and love for them was right. like, hey, I kind of see you going this way, and we need to go this way. Right. And of course, my girls sometimes would use that whole, oh, well, you were a sinner, and you were, you know, you were a drug addict, right. you were this. How can you tell me? And I was like, because of that. Right. Because I know that this little small turn you're making here can really turn into a broad path. Exactly. And so uh, I think it's been amazing. I think yeah. it's been great. I think it's been uh, it's been great for uh, the body, mm-hmm. the, the church body. I think it's been great for us having a mindset for those who are lost mm-hmm. and don't know Jesus and how to reach them yeah. and how to act toward one another yeah. so that that reaches them. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And we're going to be continuing this conversation with Peter. Um, I really appreciate... Um, one of the things that has been about this is that a lot of people look at these like, oh, we're looking for these false prophets. We're looking for these false. No, it's, you know, hey, this is how we avoid this. Like, this is, these are the, the roads. This is the, the thinking that people have taken that's been detrimental. And it's bringing a center to going, this is the word of God. We need to understand this is the word of God. It's essential for our faith that this is a, you know, in, uh, completely inerrant and, and is what God has said in its whole fullness. So, Let's, uh, let's jump into it, Pastor, uh, verses 1 and 2. All right. Well, if you have a Bible that has the chapter and verses and has the little headers, my header on here says God's promise is not slack. Mm. So that's kind of the overview of what we're about to read. Beloved, I now write to you this second epistle, in both of which I stir up your pure minds by way of reminder. I love that. Mm-hmm. That's uh, that's one thing that we've talked about over the last couple of weeks here on campus is mm. being reminded that God reminds us of things. You're right. That it's important to be reminded and remember, and that when we're reminded, it's not a new revelation, right. but it, it is an awakening to an old truth or right. principle 
that God has taught us. And in that reminding, it brings us to a present truth and a present revelation to kind of course correct. So he's kind of saying, I stir up your pure minds by way of reminder that you may be mindful of the words which are spoken before by the holy prophets and of the commandments uh, and the commandment of us, the apostles of the Lord and Savior. So... Like I say, he's reminding us of these certain things. But again, he's bringing that whole aspect because one of the detractors was um, uh, this, the whatever the heretics were teaching was that we can ignore the Old Testament. We can ignore the teachings of the prophets. Uh, and it, again, this was some new age, again, new age back then, but you know the beginnings <laughs> of of Gnosticism, really. And um, But he's bringing out this. So one of the things that people try to point out is, or try to say is, well, this was written by men. Um but Peter seems to be putting into context here, at least the beginnings of it, saying his writings, the writings of Paul, we'll see that next week, they are on par with the Old Testament scriptures also. Is that kind of what he's trying to put out here, beginning of the year? Yeah, well, again, he's, he's talking to people who, who know and have roots in both. Mm-hmm. So some of the issues that were dealt with early on were going back to Judaism, mm-hmm. like the the rituals and all that. That was a lot of the arguments between Jew and Gentile. Right. Peter had his role in that. Paul had his role in that. Right. And the different groups and how they ministered to those different groups and how they saw that. Mm-hmm. We know that Peter was very much anti-Gentile. Right. Very much to the point where God speaks to him in a dream in Joppa. Mm-hmm. And he's like, no, it's unclean. Mm. Like, no. And the Lord's like, mm, yes. Right. Two people are about to show up at your house, and you're going to go with them to this right. man named Cornelius' house. So he's talking to people that, again, we tend to think, oh, we're New Testament people, but yet there is no new without the old. Everything points. Right. Like in the Word of God, the Word of God's not like just some other book where you can go, oh, that was Shakespearean, or that was this or that. No, no, no. Everything from Genesis points forward. Everything. Mm-hmm. Going all the way to the bruised heel, right? Going all the way to crushing the head and bruising the heel—that's a prophecy of Jesus and the crucifixion. It's like, it's like everything's pointing forward. So the old is not just a foreshadow; it is a, it is a foretelling of what is to come, and it also explains why, mm-hmm. which is the most important thing: is that it explains why this is going to happen, right? Why did Jesus have to come? Well, you read the Old Testament and you find out he had to come. Like right. all these, the holy prophets prophesied about this stuff. Right. It had to happen that way. If you forget that, then you can't live in the fullness of this present truth. So when he's saying that you may be mindful of the words which were spoken before by the holy prophets and of the commandments of us, again, the apostles, because in the apostles, in the in the original apostles, it was you had certain things, and one of those things was witness to the resurrection of Jesus. Right. Personal resurrection of Jesus. Paul, an apostle, we know that his was after the ascension, he has a vision of Jesus. Right. But he has a vision of Jesus post-resurrection. Right. And so when when Peter's laying this out, he's not elevating himself mm-hmm. up. He's saying, listen, this is all in the same not timeline, but it's all in the same line. Mm-hmm. It's all in the same truth. Right. And it is the truth of what God is speaking to mm-hmm. us. And it's not conflicting either. And no. One of the common arguments against the modern charismatic art uh, is that, well, if we're offering in, if we're operating in the, Pentecost, in the uh, prophetic, then how come everything we, that 
modern prophets say isn't considered scriptures also. And at the same time, you look at heretics like uh, Joseph Smith, who did you know uh, the Book of Mormon, the Probate Price, things that uh, those cults hold to an authority of scriptures. We're looking at sometimes, oftentimes, um, things that conflict with what's established scriptures. Uh, Probate Price and Book of Mormon and other writings, those are in direct conflict with what the scriptures teach. And what we see in modern prophets, and we do, we do it from there are people who operate in the prophetic today. They're not prophesying new scriptures or, or doing anything like that. What they're often doing is speaking to a situation and what God's doing in a moment. It's not meant to be teaching that's supposed to be lasting forever. That's right. It's not, it's not the authoritative word of God. It is the giftings of God. Right. And so even scripture delineates the giftings of God and even the fruit of yeah. the Holy Spirit. Sure. The fruit of the Holy Spirit is not necessarily the authoritative scripture, the word of God, mm-hmm. but we see the fruit yeah. of the Holy Spirit. Absolutely. And the authoritative word of God is the authoritative word of God. It mm-hmm. is the canon of scripture. It is it is Genesis to Revelation. But when you talk about, okay, the fruit of the Holy Spirit, well, okay, the fruit of the Holy Spirit's mentioned in Galatians. Well, so is prophecy. Prophecy's mentioned here, here, and here. So right. how is this still good, and this is not. Right. We're not saying that those things are the authoritative Word of God. If anybody feels like the Lord has put something in their heart for somebody, if they have any wisdom at all, they're not going, thus saith the Lord. Right. They're they're saying, listen, here's what I sense, mm-hmm. and that happens every time we pray for somebody. Right. Even if you're praying the most general prayer, if you're praying a prayer with somebody, mm-hmm. you have a genuine sense that the Lord wants to do something in that, or it's not prayer. Right. If it's not a prayer of faith, it's not prayer. Right. If you're not believing God for something, it's not prayer. You're just saying words. Exactly. So how can you say, I'm going to pray for somebody, Mm. and I'm not going to feel or sense something about this prayer, because then there's no faith. Right. You're just saying words. So Peter is, is kind of delineating in all of this, because, again, there were... Again, they didn't have the quote-unquote scriptures at this time. Right. He's going back to the Old Testament, and the Holy Prophets spoke as they were moved upon by God. Right. He's already dealt with that in First Peter. Right. Where um, you can't elevate this above it, this because this isn't of man, and it's no of no man's interpretation either. Holy men spoke as they were anointed by the Holy Spirit. Right. And so he's already... He's already laid that all out. So right. this isn't a, hey, we're better than everybody else. He's just saying, listen, right. there are a lot of things that have been done, and we've already dealt with it, the depravity, mm-hmm. uh, selfish men who wanted things for themselves. Right. Nothing that they were doing was pointing toward the Lord. Exactly. Everything was pointing toward them. Right. So he's holding this, like, look, I'm reminding you with what the Word of God says. This is it. So uh, let's continue on, verse 3 and 4. Knowing this first... And I think that's interesting that he says that. Mm -hmm. Uh, Knowing this first, which means this has to be of some pretty importance, Mm -hmm. that scoffers will come in the last days walking according to their own lusts. He's kind of already dealt with this, of the false teachers, Mm -hmm. and saying, where is the promise of his coming? So here comes the doubters saying, okay, he hasn't come in this this long of time. Mm -hmm. For since the fathers fell asleep, all things continue as they were from the beginning of creation. Right, so he's he's kind of pointing out the what they're these guys are teaching, what these false prophets are teaching is that um, Jesus is not going to return for the final judgment. They're and then they're and they're trying to justify their own lustful situation. These are these false teachers. They're teaching things that are against the word of God, 
and they're justifying sinful behavior. They're like, well, if Jesus has returned, then clearly it's okay to go. And even if he does return, as they were scoffing about, he's not going to care about this, about this fleshly thing that we're doing. And honestly, we see this even happening today in modern day where we have people who are we're trying to justify sin. We're trying to justify sinful behaviors and to the point of scoffing what the Word of God actually says. Yeah, I think it's important for us to say here, too, is that we're not talking about, like, sin, like, okay, here, here. We're talking about patterns of behavior. Right. And so it, it's like sometimes people are like, oh, well, you're talking about being perfect. No, 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 no. Mm-hmm. That's not what we're talking about. We're talking about sinful pattern patterns of behavior, what these people were doing is they were setting forth patterns of behavior for people. This is okay. And it was a sinful pattern of behavior. It was ungodly. It was immoral. It was Mm -hmm. adulterous. It was fleshly, all those things. But yet they forget that Jesus himself Mm -hmm. said that here's how you'll know. Right. They'll be marrying. They'll be drinking. They'll be having a good old time, not even knowing that anything's going to happen because they're not looking for it. Exactly. Where is he? He's not coming. Right. Like it's been 2,000 years. He's not coming. Right. Like we're good. We've evolved mm. beyond that. So then we go into humanism. Right. We progress in, in society. And That's even, right. Even in here he says, these are the words of these false teachers. For since the followers fell asleep, all things continued as they were from the beginning. It's like, it's always been this way. Yep. We've, we've always had these patterns. And we hear that. Right now. Exactly. We hear it right now. But that still doesn't denote the fact that (laughs) Jesus is coming. Right. Like, Jesus is coming. They're like, how can you say that? Because Jesus is coming. Right. Like, Jesus is coming. Well, my grandma said it. Well, it was true then. Yeah. My great-grandpa said it. It was true then. Martin Luther said it. It was true then. Right. Like, it's always been true. Mm -hmm. And it will be true. Yeah. And he will come. And when he comes, he's going to find people that are going... He's not coming. Right. And they won't be ready. And he'll find some who who maybe for a time were good to go, but yet they don't have any oil. Right. They don't have any flame. And they're looking for somebody else's oil. Yeah. And they'll be found apathetic and asleep. There were 10 that were asleep. It wasn't like the five that had oil were these super Christians. Right. They were asleep too. They were slumbering. The Bible says slumbering. Not just asleep. Yeah. They were slumbering. They weren't necessarily ready, but they had prepared before the slumber. Exactly. They were ready in a sense. Yeah. And so when they slumbered, they were awakened, but they had oil. Mm-hmm. And that's what's important is that even when we get in these places where maybe we're in a struggle mm-hmm. and maybe apathy tries to grab a hold of us and maybe we we pull back a little bit. We still have to make sure that we stay full of oil. Yeah. That we that the disciplines of the faith are still important, even though we're having a hard go, mm-hmm. even though we're struggling, even though we may be slumbering a bit. Right. But we need to make sure that we're filled. Right. <clears throat> Absolutely. All right. Verse five. Yeah. For this they willfully forget that by the word of God the heavens were of old, and the earth standing out of water and in the water by which the world that then existed perished, being flooded with water. So he's going all the way back to the beginning, Mm -hmm. and he's going all the way back to, uh, and God said, God spoke, the Mm -hmm. word of God came, 
And then he goes even forward talking about the flood right. and all of that. And he says in verse 7, But the heavens and the earth, which are now preserved by the same word, mm. are reserved for fire until the day of judgment and perdition of ungodly men. Right. So these, these false teachers, again, their, their argumentation is, well, we've, it's always been this way, and God's never really cared. You know, if God really cared, he would have judged us already. And they're willfully denying the fact that he already did. Mm-hmm. He brought his judgment. He wiped the world out. Yet this time around, he's like, look, I have a promise. Here's the rainbow. It's, my, it's a sign of promise. I won't destroy the world this way again. But I will bring judgment again. And they're not even taking into account his judgment upon people mm-hmm. and upon nations. Right. Even beyond the flood mm-hmm. of his judgment being poured out. Right. And his wrath being poured out on cities. Right. <laughs> on nations, on people. Yeah. And he's pointing, <clears throat> and Peter's bringing out, he's like, look, there's a second judgment coming. There is a major judgment coming for all people. And this time it's going to be with fire. By fire, yeah. And uh, the perdition of ungodly men. So it's going to be on everyone who's not, as you said, they're, they're slumbering. They're not prepared for the second coming. They're giving themselves to all this stuff. There is a judgment coming for those who are not ready for the Lord now. Yeah, I have a hard, I, sometimes I have a hard time wrapping my mind around, well, well just with my lifestyle in the past, mm-hmm. I have a hard time wrapping my brain around how people would want to live in certain ways that I lived as a sinner mm-hmm. and call it godly. And call it okay, and God's okay with that, His grace and His mercy, mm-hmm. of how that can be good for them. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, we'll argue the scriptures all day long, but how is that beneficial to you? Mm-hmm. Like, how is that behavior that took me into a place of addiction and was an open door to addiction and destruction and death, mm-hmm. <laughs> how is that? how is that okay? I mean, you can... Explain it away all you want. You know, a little bit of this is great for this and great for this and great for this. But, man, all of it is gateways. Right. It's all gateways. And all those gateways don't lead you to Jesus. It, mm. it doesn't lead you to more fullness of God. Mm-hmm. Well, I have a greater... That almost be like saying, hey, let's just trip some LSD and we're going to really see God the way right. he is. That's crazy. doesn't mean that God can't speak to somebody in a trip. I know that. I know many of my friends, God spoke to them and they were tripping out. But God spoke to them. But he didn't speak to him through the acid trip. Mm. He spoke to him in it. <clears throat> they were doing it right. themselves. It wasn't godly. But God interrupted that ungodly act mm-hmm. by his grace and mercy to wake them up. Mm. That I've seen guys and myself being obliterated and inebriated and boom, in a moment, mm-hmm. being completely sober. Right. That can't happen in the real world. Right. But it happens, that would be like me saying, okay, you know, I'm, I'm sleeping with 10 different women and Tanya, but it's all good because I love the Lord and da-da-da-da-da and grace and mercy and all that. But I'm giving myself to all these people and all these things, and I, that means I can't give myself fully to him. Right. Because all these different people in these different situations have me because I've come into covenant with those things, because I've given myself to those things. And I just don't, I have a hard time. Yes, God has grace and mercy for that. I'm not saying he doesn't. Mm-hmm. I am saying he does. Right. But to to try to explain it away by, oh, a little bit of this is a fine, a little bit of this is fine. But, man, if you look at the overall teachings of Jesus, you can't really stand on that. Right. That, it's a bit sandy. Yeah. 
<laughs> it's not it's not rocky. It's sandy. Right. And it sounds good, especially mm-hmm. in our current culture. Sure. Because then you can begin to say, well, it's not that bad. Mm-hmm. Well, man, there's a lot of things in our current culture that are not that bad. Right. But the word bad is still there. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. It's like I never understood that where right. somebody would go, oh, it's not that bad. And I'm like, but the word bad, you didn't say it's not that good. Right. Well, let me ask you, with that conversation, though, where's the line between us going, okay, well, if it's not that bad, it's still bad. But then also just going straight into legalism where you had people who were just like, oh, you know, if you wear pants, then you're the devil. Well, it's a woman. Like, <laughs> right. where's the line for that? But How see, you- that was even a that wasn't just a, a, a Bible religious thing. That was even a world thing. Yeah. Because when women started wearing pants, man, that was a that wasn't just a church thing. Mm-hmm. That was a world thing. That yeah. was that was a cultural thing. So I think that we have blended those things mm-hmm. cultural. And then we have taken what was cultural. And then we have said, oh, well, it's okay, too, Mm. in the Word of God. So it's like, if I go to a nation where maybe believers drink all the time, Mm -hmm. then the majority of people are going to tell me, it's all good. Don't offend them, man. Mm -hmm. Don't offend them. You sit down with them, man. You drink with them. Just get hammered in Romania. It'll be great. Mm. Well, that's insane. Right. Because the Lord told me when he saved me, it shall not touch my lips. Right. To the point of me secretly pouring out wine and communion cups at the at the at Jesus at Jesus's tomb in Jerusalem, right? While they're praying and their eyes are closed, I'm pouring it out of my little cup. Right. Would that little cup send me to hell? No. Would it make me drunk? No. But all of that is irrelevant because mm-hmm. of what the Lord told you. Because of what the Lord said, mm-hmm. and and it would be crazy for me to try to find a scripture to make it okay for me to do it, mm-hmm. to take away that word from the Lord. Now, some people would go, oh, well, that word was just for you. But I would say you're even on saying there. Mm. Because, again, there are so many gateways that we have allowed, and because we have allowed those gateways, it may not be a sinful pattern of behavior for us, mm-hmm. but it has opened doors for us where we can't experience the fullness of God. Right. And we can't live fully for the Lord. Right. I think that's the difference, like, again, what Peter's dealing with here is flat heresy. They're telling them to do sinful things. You and I are dealing, though, also with people who we have people who are giving heresy, going, hey, do this is fine. But there are things that sometimes we lean into as if it is a this is for everybody. And it's not. Sometimes it's cultural, but there is a worry that people have of they're diving into things that is a gateway. Yeah. And they're allowing it to become a foothold of the enemy. A small thing here, a small thing there. No, it's not going to bother anybody. I'll and there's and they're saying what the acid tripping guy would say. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I'll do this, and this will get me closer to God. Mm-hmm. Like, I could use that for anything. Yeah. But God didn't bless you or didn't give you favor because you're doing it. Mm-hmm. He did it in spite of it. Yeah. He did it in the midst of it, and that's what people miss. Yeah. Is they try to say because God spoke to him or it came to him, that it was whatever their behavior was, was okay. Yeah. It was because of that. I saw, I heard a testimony and there was a missionary. I can't remember where he went. It was either somewhere in Russia or he was in Japan. And um, it was custom for them to give you wine as a guest and to drink. And, but he, like you he and, and me, is you know, never touch my lips. It's not, it's not going to do. And they're like, look, if you don't do this, it's going to be disrespectful, dishonoring to him. But when he turned, he said, hey, look, if I do this, it will be dishonoring to where I'm with the Lord, to what God has given me. 
and I just can't do that. That opened more doors for the gospel. Absolutely. Which brought back, <laughs> that, that is takes so good. Back even to the scriptures where uh, they, the man of God goes to uh, the people, you will remember the name, it's escaping me now, and he's like, hey, have a little bit of wine. Sons of Recap. Yeah, and they're like, we can't do that. We, our fathers but told Jeremiah us. But Jeremiah had a word from the Lord. Right. Jeremiah had a word from the Lord to give him wine. Mm-hmm. So Jeremiah the prophet comes with a word from the Lord, hey, here's some wine. And they were like, no, because our father... Mm. Starts with a J. Golly, I just lost it. I didn't study for that. <laughs> <laughs> just lost it. Oh. This is real life Bible study right here, ladies and yeah, gentlemen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, but what they said was, is our father. Mm-hmm. But what they meant was, I think it was seven generations before him, mm-hmm. he had prophesied over his family that it would never right. touch their lips. And they stayed with it. Mm-hmm. And God uses it as an illustration to Jeremiah mm-hmm. about how those sons of Rechab had kept to a covenant that seven generations before had been made mm-hmm. with God. And God used it as an example to Jeremiah, my children won't even do this for me. Right. But yet they, seven generations, a word, mm-hmm. they will keep to it even with the man of God. Right. Saying he had a word from God. Right. And I think sometimes people... We we use that as an excuse. I've seen it used all over the world. Mm-hmm. So this is not coming from no experience. This right, is coming right. from experience. Where I've been in nations where they've told me that a lot of things are okay. Yeah. And I have seen that if you will stick to your convictions mm-hmm. and you will do it in an honoring way. An honoring way is important key there. It will open a door for people to experience the Holy Spirit in a new way. Mm-hmm. It absolutely will. Absolutely. And Peter's made that progression. He has talked about gateways, little gateways, and mm-hmm. then he's talked about all-out heresy. Yeah. And he's talked about things that lead to all-out heresy. Mm-hmm. So we're not off track. Right. We're on track. Yeah. But he's basically just laying it out before them about mm-hmm. what is to come. Right. And that's why you need to be ready. Right. That's why you don't need to be drinking and and not paying attention and marrying and just going about life and going, he's right. not coming back. Exactly. Because it's not water this time. <laughs> it's exactly. fire. Verse 8, But beloved, do not forget this one thing, that with the Lord one day is as a thousand years. Such a comforting word right there. Mm. What does that mean? And he says, and a thousand years as one day. That means the Lord's not on our time clock. Mm-hmm. His promises are still yes and amen. Right. He's going to do it in his time. Right. This is an encouraging word. The Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some count slackness, but is long-suffering towards us, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Right. This is the- this would lead us to another <laughs> destructive doctrine, but we're not going to do not lead me down that path. Not today. But this is a, this is a key aspect. Again, this is one of the people, they act like God's delay is either a sign that he doesn't care, I think it's called deism, maybe, where the theory is that God created the world, set a time clock, put it on the shelf, and said, all right, destroy yourselves. And he left. That's not what he's done. God has set the world in motion. He's actively involved with the world. He's outside of of our understanding of time. And he is waiting not just to see how bad we get, but he goes, I'm allowing the opportunity for repentance to take place. Yep. My patience, my steadfastness is for the purpose of allowing people to come to know me as Lord. 
And I think that's one of the things that sometimes we, how do I put this? Sometimes children like to take advantage of people's good graces and they go, oh, okay, well, I mean, I won't get in trouble. It's fine. And then when it finally happens, they're in shock. Well, no, we were given the opportunity to grow. That's what that is. It was opportunity to grow and you just squandered it. And God has really given us opportunity to experience him and to live in fullness. Now, there are promises that he has throughout the scriptures. The Proverbs are, are full of how if we line with the Lord, if we if we, uh, if we find ourselves in, in alignment with his word and his graces, that we will experience greatness, we'll experience blessings. And if we step out of it, bad things happen. But even those bad things happening to us, they're really God still allowing us opportunity to find salvation. Yeah, it goes all the way back to Abraham. There were some things he told Abraham, <clears throat> and he said, I am going to do this. Mm -hmm. But then there are other things where he said, if you will do this, I will do this. Mm -hmm. And so uh, I think that, uh, you know, Peter here, I think he's trying to find this, this place of reminding them. Again, he said it. This is a reminder to you mm -hmm. of these things. God is not slack. Concern is don't get, don't slumber, mm -hmm. don't sleep, don't listen to the scoffers, don't listen to the, don't open up the gateways. Right. None of these things. Keep going after the Lord. Right. Keep going after the Lord. Right. Well, ladies and gentlemen, we want to hear from you guys. What have you grown from this? What have, have you been encouraged it, uh, from by the scripture? Reach out to us, mediahub at thpstreetport.com. Pastor, what's your big takeaway for this passage today? Uh, just reminder, mm -hmm. reminder. And I think because that's what happened to us last week, that word came about God will remind us of things that he's already shown us. Mm -hmm. And as a way of bringing a word that was for we thought for right then mm -hmm. into right now. That's where the scriptures, although they were spoken to a specific people group or a specific person at a specific time, it's the eternal word of God, which means we can receive revelation from that right now from our own lives. Right. And that's the prophetic word of God. The eternal word of God reveals God, reveals his character, his nature. And then as we read it, as we learn more about him, more is revealed about us. So good. I'm going to be in the same boat. It's a reminder. But also the reality is you can't be reminded of what you've never read. Mm. And it's more of a, a reason people were being deceived not just because they forgot but some of them they they didn't know better to be able to decipher what was truth and what was a lie on the enemy and so it does challenge me you know to get back into the word get in the old testament read the stuff read the nooks and crannies that you know get missed because there's it's not just nuggets of truth it's the truth of god yep and we need every word of it in our lives yep so Want to hear from you guys? Again, reach out to us, mediahub at teachforshipport.com. Find our Facebook page. Just look for Midweek Move. And do us a favor. Share this podcast out. If it's encouraged you, challenged you, uh, we would love to, to help you guys to grow. If you need our notes, we'll send you our notes. Uh, we'd love to hear stories if you guys are using this for your own personal Bible study with your own groups. <laughs> so that being said, have a great week. Mm -hmm.